What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Hope y'all had a great week thus far. We have a great weekend of lacrosse ahead of us. Week 10 of the college lacrosse season. 11th weekend that we've had lacrosse this year in 2020. Three, it's hard to believe that we are just you now three, four weeks away from uh, the the tournament. Like, like we're not that far away from the end of the season at all. It's it, it's hard to believe that, but it, it is true. Um, still a lot of great games going down this weekend. We are getting into you know the heat of conference play. Really, where we're seeing these battles for you know standings and postseason implications. Not that those don't happen throughout conference play, but these past last you know few weeks really um, th- th- there's a lot that can go down in every conference practically across the sport that's going to impact what the postseason is going to look like. We'll go over a couple of those bigger conference battles in depth this uh, on this podcast. Also, a big uh, non-conference battle on the docket this weekend as well. And that's what we're going to start off with in Army and Cornell. Before we get into that and, and farther into the show, though, do want to remind y'all, as always, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch the show on YouTube as well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button where you can. Leave the five-star reviews where you can. All of those ways help us grow the show, help us uh, you know, continue to keep doing this. And, and as I've mentioned before, this season we've seen the most growth in the podcast um, since, I, you know, since we relaunched it, started doing it uh, three times, two, three times a week. Back in 2021, we've seen the most growth in it um, this season. And very thankful for that, and, and, and let's keep on improving that, and, and keep on sharing it, and keep on getting the word out here uh, to more and more people. So thanks to everyone who's tuned in with us this season, and if, if you're just jumping on now, stay with us through here, because this is going to be a wild ride through Memorial Day, the way this season has been going to those teams that we could possibly see John jockeying for position to play Memorial Day weekend. One, I think you'd say you might have expected. Another one, I think, is a little more what if ish. Uh, Army and Cornell. Cornell obviously was in the title game last year. Army obviously losing 19 seniors from last season, and they've been very good. Through this point, certainly have uh, exceeded my expectations of what I had for them so far and have been very impressed with Coach Albrechtsi and the Black Knights this season. They welcome in the Cornell Big Red on Saturday afternoon. I believe that's a noon game. Um, and, and this is going to be a big one. So if you remember last season, um, and if I can pull this up here, what the final of that game was last year. This was. Uh, so last season, both these teams came in 
you had the Big Red at 10-1 and one, and Army at 9-2. and two. By the time that final buzzer sounded, and this one was in, in Ithaca, I believe it was. Yes, in Ithaca. Both teams were 10-2. and two. Big Red uh, losing in upset fashion, 17-10 to the Black Knights. One of the worst games that Cornell played last season, if I am remembering correctly. Um, this year, literally nearly a, a, a year later, these two take the field once again down at West Point. Number six, Cornell. Number seven, Army. And this is going to be an absolute battle between these two. You have Cornell. They beat Marquette 21-11, to believe it was, on Tuesday. Michael Long was back in the lineup there. And I should mention, Cornell has scored... 20 points or more three times this season. Two of those ones, two of those games, Michael Long has been in the lineup. So if he's in the lineup, does that tell you he's the he's the key? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he certainly it, it certainly benefits the offense him being in there. C.J. Coast with his 46, 49, whatever it is, goals, leads the nation, is going to lead this team on Saturday, did so last Saturday. Um, and, and that really is, when you're at Coast and this offense, is what the corner offense versus the Army defense is really what I'm looking at matchup-wise in this game. And particularly, I would assume they're going to put A.J. Pilat on CJ Coast, and uh, look, we have seen Cornell uh, have not so good games against Penn State and against Harvard just last weekend. Cornell has not had horrible games in back-to-back weeks offensively. The offense has not been able to been uh, held stagnant in consecutive weeks. I. This is going to be a challenge for Cornell, for sure, against this Army defense. You've got Pallot there. Um, you've got Christian Fournier, the uh, LSM, who's been phenomenal as well this season all over the field. Um, and then also in Cage, and I, the name has escaped me real quick, who's the goalie who's started so far. Matt Chess has come in as the starter for Army uh, since the Loyola game. Knox Dent goes down. I believe that was the second half of that game as well when Knox Dent goes down. Matt Chess has stepped up. He's been pretty good. Um, he has 22 saves with a 57% save percentage. Has served as a starter each of the past two weeks. Um, so he's been good in cage. This defense overall and, and Pilat and Fournier especially have been very good. Defensively, Army, I believe, is the number yeah number one scoring offense in college across, allowing eight goals per game uh, this season. How they attack, how they choose to attack the Cornell offense, and particularly how they choose to guard Coast in that attack unit is going to be extremely interesting. I don't know, minus Fournier, if the rope unit there um, for Army is 
as good as Cornell's. Um, I don't think either is like the best in the country, um, but they've both been good and have shown a lot of flashes this season. We mentioned um, on Tuesday show, recapping the weekend, that Cornell, though midfield wasn't really able to get as involved as we've seen them get when Cornell has these big games. Um, and, and that was against Hollywood on Saturday. Now, they did on Marquette they, that game. Not to say it was a wash, but it was what you expected it to be. This is going to be a tough test here. And I'm taking Cornell in this game. Um, but I don't think this is a... Like, this is not a three... Five goal win. This is probably a two one goal win game. Um, and they could very well lose this one if they can't get those possessions, if they can't get those defensive stops. Now, the Army offense and Army overall has had some kind of weird games lately. Uh, the Bucknell game was weird. The game against Colgate last week was weird. Like, They've had some wins and the final scores that kind of make you, the kind of eyebrow raisers of like how this team did, but they've beaten they've beaten Rutgers, but they'll almost lose to Colgate. It, it, it it's 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 a very strange season we've had for Army, I would say, but they've been pretty good. They've been exceptionally good defensively for sure. Um. No, I, I mentioned the Cornell defense a second ago. Gavin Adler there has been pretty strong for them, obviously. 46 ground ball, 16 car center was the leader out in front of Cage. Chase Owen, 57% save percentage. Michael Bozzi uh, at the D mid spot. Uh, Brennan Staub at the LSM spot. Like This has been a strong rope unit, and Cornell can get some things going in transition, and that really gets them going. So how this, how that unit, um, you know, plays is also intriguing for me because, you know, Cornell, I believe the top 20 defense in the country, um, top 10 maybe, uh, the, the last time I checked in terms of, like, goals allowed per game, uh, but I've not been maybe as impressed with them. I don't think they've had as many like big performances as they did last season. Um, and I, I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't believe they have. And that's just kind of how I've viewed it this season. Um, Adler and Owen, obviously known commodities, and you've got a lot of depth there from guys that played were in and out of the rotation last season. Um, overall, though, this is going to be a, a, a big, big game. And look, uh, Army and, and, and Cornell, like, this one was tough to pick. A coin flip game uh, for me and practically. And Cornell, I, I'm going with them. I think they're the better team, uh, but they've got to get those possessions because Will Coletti has been very good this season. We've seen Cornell. They're up and down at the dot with Kaskadin, with um, all those guys. They're as well. So, I, you know, Petrakis, um, I, I don't know how that dynamic is going to work out in terms of that battle. I think Coletti is going to get the edge and is going to have the edge. So, Cornell is going to have to find other ways to get possessions. And they can certainly do that. 
they certainly can do that. But certainly the uh, Cornell offense versus the Army defense, and certainly C.J. Coast, A.J. Pilat is the battle to watch in this one. Now, the next, you know, moving to conference on conference games, the next big one that a lot of people have talked about this week and I've talked to a lot of people about is Duke and Virginia. And, you know, I'm not as excited about this one as I was last time. Um, Certainly, it's a top 3-5 battle. Um, You know... Duke obviously has the winning streak against Virginia, and we pull that up as to what it exactly is. Um, and this one, yeah, Duke's win two weeks ago marked the program's 24th over Virginia in the last 26 meetings between these two, undefeated in the regular season against the Cavaliers since 2004. Uh, and during the John Donowski era, uh, Duke only has two losses in uh, to Virginia in 19 years, both in the postseason. That includes that 2019, was it semifinals? I believe it was the semifinals in 2019 when these two uh, play. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, 2019 semifinals is when that would have been. I was thinking 2018, but uh, that's when Yale won it. So it uh, would have been 2019. Uh, Yale won over Duke in 2018. So, yeah, 2019 semifinals. Uh, the last time that Virginia beat Duke in lacrosse. Um, the last time that we saw these two play, just two weeks ago. Just two weeks ago. Um, Connor Schellenberger was held off the board in just a three assist. Kenny Blower was on him all day. Kenny Blower was off the field for two of those Connor Schoenberger assists as he was serving a penalty. The question, though, I think for me heading into this one, we know Duke's defense can have the kind of day it needs to against Virginia. They've done it. Um, The we know what Virginia did against Duke um, when and we know what Virginia did against Carolina and, and against Notre Dame. Like, I, I think the biggest thing for me, there's two things that, 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 we'll, that we'll say here. One is whether Schaumburger is back. Connor Schaumburger was out last week against North Carolina, did not play. Is he back? And as I've said before, Connor Schaumburger is a great player. He is going to be likely on that stage there at the Twilton Ceremony this season. However, um, does, and this is a bad way to phrase it, but who needs two more? Does Virginia need Connor Schaumburger, or does Connor Schaumburger need Virginia? And that sounds not the way I wanted it to sound, but what I mean by that is Virginia can get it done without him. Now, can they make a, a, a championship weekend run without him? Probably not. Most likely not. But, they can get it done on a Saturday afternoon um, without him for one or two weeks. Now, if he's out to, no, um, no, past this week, that is concerning, and that is something that you seriously want to watch. But, if he's back this week, I, I don't give much 
credence uh, to what his injury may be and the impact of this team overall. Um, I'm picking Duke to the, win this one because, look, it's what Duke does. Like, there's not much else you can count on, but Duke beats Virginia in the regular season. That's one thing you can count on. Uh, if all else fails, Duke beats Virginia in lacrosse in the regular season. It just happens. Um, look, and then, you know, the, the second team, second thing here is can Duke's defense replicate the performance they had last time against Virginia, whether or not Schoenberg is in there, I, I don't think that matters. Now, Duke was blasted by Notre Dame last week, and Virginia blasted North Carolina. So you have these two teams coming in, both highly ranked, but coming in off of different weekends. Where they had different experiences, one doing the, um, you know, doing the blowing out, and one getting blown out. It, and both on the road, by the way. So I think how these teams respond, and if there are any changes to what they did last week, that's going to be interesting. Um, again, face-off dot between Pedro Lasala, Jake Naso. Watch that one. Uh, Naso really was the only player that dominated for Duke last weekend. Um, you know, Bennett O'Neill held to just one goal on six shots. I don't know if Virginia has a guy that can shut him down like that, like they didn't last time. Um, you know, can Cole Kastner, Sostad, can, can anyone on, on that defense do that? I don't know. Uh, Matthew Noons, 52% clip last week. Can he continue to improve and do uh, what he has done this season in big games? Well, he certainly has impressed and uh, shown a lot of improvement and growth in those contests in 2023 as a sophomore. Moving into the Big Ten, this is a conference that last weekend saw two regular overtime games, one double overtime game. I'm not God, so I can't tell you exactly what we're going to see this weekend, but I can tell you that it's probably going to be another exciting weekend of mostly close games in this conference. We have got Ohio State and Hopkins on Saturday. I am taking Hopkins in that one. I think the Blue Jays bounce back after the win over or after the loss to. Penn State, I think Hopkins is overall is probably the better team is coming in um, with, uh, you know, both are, are, should come into that one with pretty good motivation. Ohio State losing in overtime to Maryland. Hopkins losing in double overtime to Penn State. I just like Hopkins better in that contest. I think they have things going in the right direction um, and, and really have the past month and a half now, obviously, but they're a more well-oiled machine to this point in the season than Ohio State is. Penn State is at Michigan on Sunday at 6 p.m. I'm going to be very interested to see how this, how Michigan responds because they got the big win over Maryland. They lost in overtime to Rutgers 
knew we came back and won it, but ended up losing in overtime. Can they, at home, get a win over Penn State? The Penn State defense has been pretty good this season. The top 20 unit in terms of goals allowed. We've seen what Jack Posey and these guys can do. We've seen Jack Facey on, you know, stand on his head time and time again. This is a potent Michigan offense. Scott Bita has been a great addition at offensive coordinator. You've seen Michael Bame, Joshua, the whole crew there has been phenomenal. That's going to be an interesting battle. In that regard, I do wonder who is going to come out on top in terms of the face-off dot. We've seen Michigan's, uh, we've seen Penn State be up certain games, down other games with Mullins and Bond. We've seen Rowlett and Wheatfield be pretty consistent. They've had some bad days. They've had some good days, certainly, but I think overall they've been more consistent than what we've seen with Penn State, um, and, and, and maybe surprisingly so to a lot of people. Um, so that's going to be interesting in that regard in that one. <laughs> Moving into the um, game on a breakdown, mostly here, um, Rutgers and Maryland. So last game I want to dive into really a lot this weekend, uh, heading into this weekend, this is your nightcap on Sunday night, 7 p.m. Rutgers will host Maryland. This is a this is a bigger opportunity for Rutgers than it is Maryland. So you look at the postseason picture right now, the NCAA tournament picture is what I'm talking about right now. Rutgers is a bubble team. Some people have them out, some people have them in. I think on the last projection I did, they were the first team out. So, um, but I think if you if you adjusted that for what it would be after Wednesday's games, they would be in. The last time I looked, from how I do it. Um, so Rutgers is right there on the bubble, and, and, and surprisingly so too, because they started very good. Dropping zero and two in conference play really hurt them. The Ohio State loss hurt them. They lost to, who was it, to um, to Johns Hopkins as well. And the, the Ohio State loss really is, I, I think, the worst loss of the season. They also lost to Army. So they are they have three losses, and they are two of them are in conference play. Rutgers has a very big opportunity in front of them to, you know, not necessarily, like, one week, one week is not necessarily going to save your season and take you from a bubble team to a non-bubble team. If that were true, Loyola would be solidly in. They beat Maryland and they beat Hopkins. But with Maryland this week and then at Penn State next week, this is a big opportunity for, for Rutgers because if they beat Maryland, they, at least heading into next week, go, you know, flip where they are. And they go to being a bubble, a a, a, a certain uh, team, bubble in team. They go to being that first four, uh, the last four in, instead of a first four out, uh, where I had them on Monday. 
And right now, I mean, I told you they're kind of trending in between there, uh, but based on who you ask. So this helps Rutgers picture a lot. This will help their tournament picture a lot. Um, if they lose to Maryland, if they lose to Penn State, they would most likely, you still have the Big Ten quarterfinals that they would be in, um, and you still have the semifinals in the title game. If they run through that, they get the AQ. If they win just one, or, or if they win one or two of those games, we'll see how things could go there. But this game, long story short, this game is big for Rutgers. It could improve their standing there in terms of postseason playoff NCAA tournament pictures. For Maryland, this is a game that, you know, look, Maryland is probably all the, like, Maryland is the exact opposite of Rutgers right now. Like, they are one of those teams I mentioned on Monday, Virginia, Notre Dame, Duke, Maryland. That, that, those first four in are kind of crystallized, I think. And I think no matter what, they're most likely going to get in. Um, now, Maryland, if they do lose this one, I think they don't change much. If they lose to Hopkins next week as well, I don't think you're going to see much change. They'll certainly drop in rankings, and they will drop in RPI and all that, but Maryland is probably still solidly in the tournament picture. Like, they, and, and, and look, they're probably going to win a quarterfinal game um, if they have to play one, but I don't believe they would. Um, if they go to the, because uh, they have the semifinals, the top two teams get a bye. So I don't believe they would, um, uh, unless they, you know, unless they do lose these next two ones, they could, um, depending on how the standings look. And the standings right now in the Big Ten are a mess right now. So that would be one area for Maryland where they would drop and maybe move out of that first four, you know, crystallized picture that I was talking about. But right now they're in there. So this is certainly a bigger game for Rutgers than it is for Maryland. As I said, both coming off overtime losses last week. Rutgers had to fend off Michigan. Maryland had to come back against Ohio State in that one. Um, but an Oscar game winner, Luke Wierman went 73% of the dot, 90% in the second half. Um, I, I think Maryland is going to win this game. The, um, most, <clears throat> the most interesting thing to me in this game is <clears throat> excuse me, the offense for both these teams. <laughs> so... You look at Maryland, and we mentioned on Tuesday what their offense has been this season. It has been a lot of Daniel Kelly, a lot of, you know, co <laughs> committee, a lot of um, offense by committee. Kelly, Maltz, Oska, a lot of offense by committee. They don't have a Someone that you would say this is like the guy. They don't have a guy this season, it seems like. And that's been that way all year. Kyle Long, obviously, is in there as well. 
you don't have like a guy that you focus on. For Rutgers, they 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 uh they do have the quarterback, they do have the leader kind of there in Ross Scott, Dante Kulis, Brian Cameron. Cameron stepped up massively last week in that game against Michigan. What did he have there? Um three goals and one assist. Oh, excuse me, Nob Black had three goals, one assist. You had Cameron had four goals in that game. Um but both of these offenses, I'm going to be interested to see how they work um, in these games, uh, in this game, and I think more so with Maryland than Rutgers. Uh, but remember, Maryland does have this incredible defense, and so if they're able to, once again, shut down Ross Scott, I think that's going to be uh, a successful day for Maryland in the long run. and. If they can have the defensive day that we saw from, you know, um, Ohio State, from Hopkins against this Rutgers team, and win the face-off battle, which they should with Luke Wheelman there um, against Jonathan Duhenio, I, I think Millen takes this one. Um, it, 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 it's still going to be a battle. Look, Rutgers wants to win this one. It, it isn't a must-win game per se, but it, it would be a huge win for them. Uh, a resume-boosting win for them. Um, and look, these teams have played 35 times since, I believe, 1931. And um, Rutgers, guess how many wins they have against Maryland? One. That was in 1980. Rutgers has not beaten Maryland since 1980. And they haven't played every year since then. But they've played every year since 2015. Big Ten era. They have zero wins against Maryland in the Big Ten era. Would be a massive, massive win here for the Scarlet Knights. Now, and again, I'm taking Maryland in that one. A couple other games to mention here. Boston U and Loyola. Um, a battle that we could see again in the postseason between these two. I, I think Boston U takes this one. Loyola is not looking good right now. Um, I'm taking Boston U in that one. Uh, Yale and Brown is going to be interesting. Both these teams looking to get a big win in Ivy League play. Yale, can they beat a team that's not Dartmouth? And look, Dartmouth's better this year than they have been, but Yale ran through them last week. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things go in this one. Brown, obviously, coming off the big win over Penn. Syracuse, North Carolina, another big ACC game. I'm not sure if there's like a ton on the line here um, for either team. Well, Carolina certainly needs to get its groove back going again after last week. Syracuse, however, we mentioned seems to be growing up. And uh, a big one here for over the Tar Heels would do wonders for that team's morale here late in the season especially after the Princeton win on Saturday. Vermont and Bryant is going to be a, a battle for potentially the number one seed there in the America East, uh, based on how things are going right now. And then looking at some of these other games here of interest, Harvard and Penn, 
I think is going to be an interesting one. It would be another big win for Harvard uh, in as many weeks. St. Joseph's and Hobart, obviously, in the Atlantic 10. Um, Utah has run through the ASUN so far. They play Mercer on Saturday. Mercer has beaten Bellarmine, has beaten Robert Morris. Utah beat both of them pretty soundly. Um, and, and Mercer did lose 11-8 to Cleveland State. However, the Bears did come uh, within uh, 15-18 against Jacksonville, so came within three of Jacksonville. I'm not so certain Mercer doesn't show up for a big game here again on Saturday in this one. Um, Manhattan, Siena, that's one that we could see again. Siena not having the best of seasons here, as many thought. And then the MAC is just wild at this point in the season. Uh, Stony Brook and Delaware, as always, expect the unexpected there in the CAA. Um, one that, that I didn't really have circled, uh, uh, so on Richmond High Point, another one to, to watch there in the A-10. One that I didn't have circled much at all until I was going through this, um, going through, uh, looking at these games, uh, other ones to possibly talk about on here, um, is, and then looking at kind of what they've done recently, um, but Providence and Villanova. So Villanova's lost two of the last three, dropping the 13-11 decision to Brown, beating St. John's 18-8, and then dropping a 12-6 decision to Denver on the road. Villanova now goes at Providence this week. Not as much travel, but still on the road nonetheless. And... um they, you know, Providence beat Marquette. They gave Georgetown a good battle. Is 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 this the is is this like the is this the win that's going to define like it, if Providence is able to pull this one off, this is the one that defines the first year of the Bobby Benson era at Providence, right? Um, because, and like certainly, they have Villanova, Denver, St. John's to end the season. A win over either Villanova or Denver is going to define this season, right? I mean, they haven't beaten that many teams. Holy Cross, Siena, Fairfield, Stony Brook's a good win. Uh, Marquette is probably the best one they have. You get one, possibly two more. Um, like, this team isn't playing bad right now. Uh, they've seen like they've gotten better as the season has gone along. So, an interesting one there. And look, Villanova, it is, it, you just look on paper with the roster, probably the better team. But, uh, you know, they were able to get stifled last week, last week against Denver. I'm not sure Providence can come out with the same energy and, and put up that same kind of performance, but... Uh, they certainly will be energized and be wanting to get a win in that one. So possibly a uh, one to watch there if it gets to a certain point. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode. As always, you can connect with us on social media at LacrosseBucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, LacrosseBucket.com, where it's always LacrosseSeason.